So, Berto, I thought we would talk today and just kind of ramble and talk about various, maybe some psychology things, maybe some tougher bluffs, maybe Fun. maybe some gripes of wrath. Yeah. You know, just some random stuff. What do you say, Berto? I love it. Let's do it. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist, a professor, and someone who has developed a new thing at the beginning of the episode in which I also say a third thing besides being a therapist or a professor. What? That's so meta. (laughs) My name is Humberto Castaneda. I open doors for some people. So we went to the Depeche Mode concert the other day. Uh Uh-huh. So what did you think of it? Um, Well... I've seen them, I, th- I think this was my fourth time, maybe it was my third time, but I think it was my fourth time seeing them. And What was the first one you went to? I was um, in high school still. So Violator? Yeah, it or was, was it a Violator. Music? Was it? No, it was a Violator. Okay, show. yeah. Yeah, I saw, I saw them on that same tour. And yeah. They didn't come to Seattle, so I had to see them in Vancouver. Yeah. So, uh, but I think that's the only other time I've seen them. So what'd you think of this show? Uh, I, I did enjoy it. I One of the things that's happened to me is... I have not followed them or liked as much of their stuff after Violator. Yeah, me too. And so the first In fact like, you know, Personal Jesus, like I I don't I don't consider that like a a song that I care about. Oh, interesting. You know what I mean? So uh so the first part of the show they played a lot of new material. Yeah. And they played probably like 12 10, 10 to 12 songs that I didn't recognize. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and so they looked maybe more. They looked visually nice, and they sounded fine, but they weren't. They didn't feel as catchy. Even even yeah. now, I'm just not just talking about like I didn't recognize them. They didn't feel as catchy, right? And they, in, in fact, they were in more of that style that they started getting into, which was you know I feel like they were like I think we need to be a little more rock, right? You know, and so yeah, exactly. I, it's it's <laughs> it's like they you know because they went through a number of different kind of sounds sound styles, yeah, and then. In like the early '90s, when grunge happened, that's yeah. when they went to starting using real drums and real guitars and stuff. And, and by the and way, it seems like they're kind of stuck in that in that zone. That's right. And 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 the other thing is, after that period, they used Gahan almost exclusively. Right. And some of my favorite songs of theirs is Martin Gore singing right. lead. Right. So, anyways, for those reasons, the first part was cool. But it was the second part where they really started playing a lot of their older hits and, that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I liked it too. I mean, my I realized, so I came home and, and I made a Spotify playlist of Depeche Mode, my favorite Depeche Mode songs. Uh-huh. And, you know, I think you and I are both like super fans. I mean, I when I, I got catching up with when I was a freshman oh, yeah. in high school... <laughs> And then I got music for the masses, and then I got Violator in college, I think early college. Those three albums, catching up with which is which was kind of like a best of, yes, yes. Uh, of like Speak and Spell and Construction Time Again, and um, what's their other album? But it also has a really nice version of Somebody on it, right? Yeah, and Blasphemous Rumors, Just Can't Get Enough, Dreaming. It has like their single Dreaming of Me, which yeah. I don't think is on another album. And so those three albums to me are like the perfect albums. In fact, music f- or no Black Celebration. Oh my god! So yeah, Black Celebration is my favorite album. So <laughs> so yeah, catching up, uh, catching up with uh, Black Celebration, music for the masses. Then, um, and I wore my Black Celebration shirt. So I for saw you, that. So for you podcast listeners who aren't into this sort of thing, I suppose it's terrible. But <laughs> we'll, we'll be done in a second. But my point is, is that I discovered that I only like those first like 
five albums. Yeah. And pretty much after Violator, not only am I just sort of so-so, I don't like it. It's yeah. like it's like not it's like a different band. It's to a different me. band, yeah. And and the 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 way I would describe it is, yeah, boring sort of rock music. Because when you listen to their first five albums, the 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 rhythm is really complex, and, and the sonic landscape, yeah, is so incredible. Yeah, I mean, Black Celebration. Like a song like But Not Tonight, which is, I oh. think... Is that your favorite Depeche Mode song? That is, if not, it's like top three for sure. It, I have often listed it as my favorite. Yeah, it's by, it's definitely my favorite. In yeah. high school, I actually studied that song note for note and recreated <laughs> it. And and it took me forever on my like weird rolling keyboard. But anyway, um, you know, they were very complex back then. And then somewhere, again, mid-90s, they turned into this sort of droning music. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. instead of like interesting uh, drum machine music, it was basically just kind of like driving beats. You know? it, it all for me, it all started going downhill with "I feel, I feel you." Right, I feel right. Well, that's that. That's that album, you know. And then personal, personal Jesus. Yeah. And so every song is like that, where it's like Gahan is like. Uh, uh, like low this and, and boring. Yeah, instead of like um, you know, uh, uh, dreaming of me. You yeah, know, it's like yeah. where there, there's less yeah. melody. I guess is less the point. harmonies or beautiful harmonies. Also. Yeah. Uh, my experience with Depeche Mode uh, was interesting because in Colombia, I think I talked about this before. In Colombia. I listened to Top 40 exclusively, had no access to records, really. I, I couldn't buy records. So I knew some of their top hits and didn't really know who it was. It just I, I loved those songs. When I moved up here, I met my friend Ron, and uh, within the first few weeks, we knew each other or whatever. Oh, no, first few days. What am I talking about? He's like, well, what music do you like? I'm like, I don't know. I like this. He's like, do you like the Pesh Mode? I'm like, um, I don't know. He's like, What? And and then he started playing. I'm like, oh, I, I love that song. I love that song. And then it turned out, of course, I love Depeche Mode. And, and I should clarify, it's not that Depeche Mode was a band I liked. Depeche Mode was like, for me, only second to the Beatles in that age. Right. Like, I, I was so obsessed with Depeche Mode. Yeah. Uh, my ranking slightly different, maybe because of an age thing. I To me, Violator is one of my favorite albums of yeah. all time. So good. And then Music for the Masses, then Black Celebration. So, like, but same. It After that, it changed. <laughs> right. Yeah, for me, I was on the bus, I remember, as a freshman. And it was, and for some reason, I befriended this this girl who would, we would call today a goth, you know. And, and yeah, yeah. When we were young, we call, in, in Issaquah, we called them bat cavers. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, we called them bat cavers. Bat cavers. And for some reason... Her and I were not friends in any other context. <laughs> I think it was like I didn't know anyone on the bus route or something. And and so we sat together all the time and we would talk. And she introduced me to Depeche Mode. She, she brought the record to, to school and, you know, on the bus oh, and, wow. and gave it to me. And then I brought the record home. And, and Which one was it? Catching Up Catching With. Up and then I it. instantly had to get that album. Oh, wow. And I remember you know, 13, 14 years old, just listening to blas blasphemous rumors. Oh my God. And just being so moved. I mean, so much of my like goth vein in me <laughs> comes from the, that album in particular. And none of my friends are really into it. You know what I mean? Right. So it, it felt like 
a very personal situation for me. And I too, like you, it wasn't like I just kind of liked Depeche Mode. I was, I, I was really into the Beatles. I was really into Depeche Mode. I was really into Devo. Oh like, yeah. Like early Devo. Sure. I was really into early U2, like the first few oh. U2 albums. See, I don't know much early U2. The first, the especially Unforgettable Fire to me, uh, Unforgettable Fire is, is this almost perfect album. Really? It's, it's, yeah, I gotta it's listen really to good. Um, and I was, I was really into NX, early in excess. They were great. Um, you know, prior, the stuff prior, anyway, uh, that, uh, listen like thieves album I listen to all the time. And I was really into Hall and Oates. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And I mean, I, they had great songs. Like, yeah, great songs. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's another band in there that I'm not. I'm not, I'm not remembering. But anyway, oh REM. I was really into the first. Okay. The first four up until Document. Um, so before I got into them. <laughs> yeah. The, in fact, today I can listen to the first. The first, I can listen to Catching Up With... I can listen to those albums of Depeche Mode and love it. Yeah. And I can also listen to the first four REM albums mm. and just like love every track. Interesting. Anyway, so didn't you get in a fight at the... At almost, the, almost, yeah. Tell me about it. What happened? Yeah, dude, it was in, incredible. So I'm, I, I spent way a lot more money than I should have on these tickets because when I went to buy them, they, they had sold out. So I had to go to one of those resale sites. How much did you spend? Um, I think for two tickets, I spent 600 bucks. Okay. Well, that's not too bad. Well, I mean, you, were, you were on the floor. I was on the floor, yeah. You're pretty close. Yeah. But I mean, 600 bucks for tickets, like, it's a lot of money. That's, that's <laughs> how things go these days. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sitting there. And so I got, you know, good seats. Not great. Like, I'm not front row or anything. I'm several. I'm, I'm like in the, the, the second quadrant. So, you know, yeah. there's a lot of people in between. But still, it's, I was it's good. I was in the back. Yeah. Sometimes I felt like maybe a little bit higher would have been better because I could have seen better. But whatever. I am enjoying my time. The show starts and, you know, because as I said, those first songs aren't the ones I love. Yeah. But I was still taking a little, every song that was visually interesting, I would take oh, no. a, a small little video clip and a photo. Oh, no. Is I, I'm predicting where this is headed. Okay. All right, so I'm sitting there doing that. And yeah, I'm, everyone's doing that. I know, everyone. I took <laughs> some pictures too, but yeah. there was someone behind me taking a picture with her flash on. Oh, God. Okay. She's taking a video with her flash I on. I was not doing that. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but I was like, and, why And is by the way, I was, I was recording on average eight seconds and then turning it back off. Yeah. Um, for, and everyone's doing and that. And everyone's doing it. Now, do you remember the song where the video... Um, Starts with the leg of a woman and then it climbs, like moves yeah. along the leg. The dancers, of the woman yeah. Yeah, okay. In that song, I was recording 20 seconds. Okay. I was filming 20 seconds. All of a sudden, from my right side, I see someone's phone with their flash on, you know, and it's shining in my eyes. So immediately what goes through my head is, oh, uh, Kirk or Ron. Did they get down here? Like, is someone I know behind me? Because I'm thinking, oh, someone's trying to like take a selfie or, or just fuck with me, right? And as I turn, I've got like a smile. I'm like, what? And and I turn and I, I see a dude I definitely don't recognize. And I'm like, well, what the hell was that? And he's like, and, and he says something like, well, you shouldn't be, you know, like that, that'll show you not to film or you shouldn't be filming or something well, like so that. Well, so let me ask a question because it matters is I was in the back. So I'm on the, I'm in the stands. Yeah. So 
the, the stands are steep enough that people in front of me would be standing and, right. and dancing and taking pictures and stuff, but they did not obscure my view at all. Right. Like they were, you know, two feet below the top of my head or something right, like right, that. Right. What was it like in your row? It's flat, right? So we're on the floor, so everyone's flat. And the stage isn't that high. And the stage is not that high. So, so if you're if you're filming, you're definitely probably obst- obstructing the view of somebody yeah, behind Yeah, exactly. And, and it, it happened to be, I figured it out later, he had a girlfriend who was significantly shorter than us, than him and I, because him and I were about the same height, and, and he had a girlfriend, and she was the one complaining. Yeah. So just a tip here to, to you and everyone else out there about this sort of thing, because I do this as, a, as an Asian person, I take a lot of video and a lot of pictures, and what I do is I put it right in front of my face, and I hold my That's arms a good in, tip. And, but it's so close to my eyes, I can't tell what I'm filming. <laughs> But, but I just I'm just like well I don't know what I'm getting. Can't you turn off the camera or the screen maybe? So that's another thing. Okay, is you always turn down to the very oh, lowest the lowest setting, setting the screen yeah. uh, brightness. So all the okay, so all these things are totally fair. Now you know me. Let me ask you a question. If while I am doing that, uh, someone taps my shoulder and says. Hey, can, can you please lower it a little bit because it's it's shining in our eyes? Yeah. What do you think I would do? You'd be like, oh sure, ab, so fucking lily, and I would feel sort of embarrassed a little bit, like oh oh I'm I'm sorry I was blocking you, right? Yeah. But when someone aggressively shines a flashlight in my eyes, people are douchebags. Passive aggressive. Yeah. So I I well, turn that's around just aggressive and I say, and I say first like what the hell was that? And he says that, and I say, okay, well next time ask me nicely. Yeah. And then he's like, well, maybe I will, maybe I won't. I'm like, Ugh. And, and I look at him, it's like, what, what are you? And then, and then I turn around because I'm like, I do not want to get kicked out right now. I want to enjoy this fucking concert. Okay. Oh, no. You, so, you, so that's, I just have to say, that's not what I would predict you would do because you, you're not an aggressive person. Well, so. it gets better or worse. So what do you think it was about? Because my, my perception of you is like, if someone's being a douche, you're you're likely to kind of make a joke and and move on, but it seems like it, that really got to. Well, you. when someone is being a douche verbally or something like that, I I normally find their douchebaggery so funny, right? That it, it's it's like words and a bone or whatever, you know, sticks and stones, right? So, but this was aggression, and like he didn't du- touch douche me. and bags, douche and bags. So he didn't touch me, but. That came damn close, and it was definitely aggressive. And, and it, I mean, it's a light in my eyes, right? Yeah, it's crossing but I, a certain. Boundary. But I just have to say, as an as a hearer of this story, and as a person who hates douche and bags in this way, but I have to say, like, and based on your you're turning around, you're like, what the hell? And and he's like, well, and he he didn't he what was was his no, he demeanor? sounded snarky. He absolutely sounded. He snarky. was being a dick. Yeah, I mean. He wasn't like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's just that. No, he said, well, then you should blah, you know, like snark. Uh-huh. And so I, and I said, okay. well, next time ask me nicely. And he said, well, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Okay. So I turn back around and I'm thinking in my head, after the show, I'm going to confront him, but I'm not going to get kicked out right now. <laughs> now there's a guy standing next to me whom I don't know and is a tall dude. He's, he's probably six, three, maybe. Um, and he, he saw what happened. And he leans into me. He's like, he's like, dude, 
you could totally film. Everyone is filming. Right. Don't you worry about this, douche, whatever. Like, you should totally do it. Yeah. And it's like, and if he starts anything, I've got your back. Really? Yeah, I was like, okay, man, thanks, thanks. But, I, <laughs> but you know, I'm definitely not trying. Like, I just want to enjoy the show. So, but I, I keep filming. Now, now I, I don't feel concerned for them at all. I'm like, whatever. So I'm filming. I got a big, tall dude. <laughs> yeah. And I also keep doing it the way, it's not like I do it more. But I also don't do it less. So yeah. I keep it to my average eight-second film, quick photograph, put it away. Yeah. I don't do it every song because not every song is interesting. Yeah. I keep doing it the entire show. He doesn't say another peep. Okay. And by the way, there are people in front of me filming an entire song. Yeah. That's <laughs> – I mean, uh, as long as they're not obstructing people's view, I, I'm fine with it. But, yeah, that always boggles me. It's like, are you going to watch that entire video right. one day? <laughs> right. and, and, but, but the thing is, for me, and granted, it's just me versus other people's taste. I, I don't care. I'm like, oh, go ahead, film, whatever. But I understand if someone's getting really bothered, I could adjust. Show ends... It's, you know, we're waiting for the second encore that never comes, and they finally turn on the lights. I told you they weren't going to do a I know, but I was still hoping against hope, because they lasted a little too long with the dark lights. I was like, ah, goddammit. Yeah. Okay, so they turn on the lights. But they also did the, we're definitely leaving, because they came to the front. Yeah, and they did the the bow and stuff. Well, okay, so the tall dude and his friends have walked away, and the lights come on. And I turn around, and here's the thing. I don't actually remember. There's three dudes. And then this gal, and I don't remember which one it was, because it was like, so I turn around and it's like, okay, so what the fuck was the problem? Oh my goodness. And, and I'm looking and no one's picking up the thread and I, and I point at one dude. I'm like, was it you? And then him and his buddy goes like, no, 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 it wasn't us. And then the guy finally like stands up and, like, and I'm like, was it you? And he's like, yeah, it was me. And I go like, well, what the fuck was your problem or something like that? Oh and he my says gosh. like, well, you were filming your thing. It's like, and, and, and his girlfriend gets in on it. It's like, yeah, you were filming, obstructing. And I said, every fucking person in this crowd was doing that. <laughs> but there was only one asshole shining a flashlight in someone's eyes. <laughs> what was it? And I was like, I'm saying you're a fucking asshole. Oh, God. And the guy's like, oh, yeah? Okay, you're going to have to calm down. It's like, no, no, you're a fucking asshole. And then um, the people I was with start trying to like calm me down and like, dude, 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 let's just go, let's just go. And I'm like, all right. And then, um, but his girlfriend like starts saying something. And okay, and this, I get pushed it too far. I say to her, I'm like, I feel sorry for you. And then the guy's like, what are you saying? What are you saying about her? I'm like, I'm not saying anything bad about her. I'm saying I feel sorry for her. It's like, you got to watch your fucking mouth or you watch your mouth or something. And I'm like, oh, I'll watch my mouth. And and then and then I said something like, um, "Look, all I know is if I ever meet you again, I will know you are a fucking asshole." <laughs> and and then at this point, they've convinced me to uh, walk away. But someone I'm with starts then yelling as well at them. So then the guy starts getting aggressive again. And I'm like, "Okay, fine, let me through, let me through." And I'm like, "I'm getting in a fucking fight right here." But finally, like they drag me away. What was going to be your plan? Well, I was trying. I'll be very honest. There were two things that had run through my mind the entire concert, which it sucks because like it definitely affected my enjoyment. The first thing was I cannot let this person get away with with this with no consequences. So I need to say something. Yeah. But I but I in retrospect I, I now know that I what I what I really should have said is when I turn around and I said don't do uh, you should. Uh, something like you should have asked me nicely. I should have said something like, look, if you do that again, I'm calling the bouncer. Like I will let the the bouncers know to remove you. Something that I like draw a line that includes the authorities in the place that we're in rather than the more childish like uh, whatever I said later. You know, you're a fucking asshole. 
and but but the second thing that was running through my mind and it is childish was i am going to see if i can trigger him to make a first move because i'm certainly not going to turn around and start a fight but i'm going to insult him to see if he does something and you're cool with getting into a fist fight with a rando? No, but but okay, but he also like first of all, when I first turned around, this wasn't like some, you know, 7 foot tall gargantuan. He was a a dude about my height wearing glasses and you know, of course he could be a lethal delta force killer, right? But at the end of the show when I turn around, there were more signals that led me to get more confidence. One was when I said, "Okay, what the fuck was happening?" He didn't speak up. When I finally pointed at him, he said, yeah, it was me. And then when I called him a fucking asshole, he didn't do anything. And then when I, the most he did was when I said something to his girl, he's like, you watch your mouth, you know? So in my mind, I'm like, I don't think he wants to fight, but I want him to do something because I want to punch his fucking face. You did want to punch him. And I realized now it was maybe, oh, I just felt so angry, Kirk. That, no one, no one does that. Like they just, no one is so aggressive. And you know, the only person I know that gets that aggressive to strangers is me when, I'm dr- when I've been really drunk in my past life. And then I start realizing, geez, I've been a freaking asshole. <laughs> and so, you know, in retrospect, I think I have, I need better ways to handle those situations. Well, uh, yeah. And I, I feel like this is out of, does it feel out of character for you? Because I, I feel like these sorts of things happen to you all the time where no one as like the only times that people had physically aggressed 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 towards me was like in junior high so this this was a physical aggression to you yeah and and whenever someone would do something like that in junior high even if they were much bigger i i would i would try to do something about it which sometimes resulted in me getting my arm twisted till i said okay 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 i give but i would still try to do something about it because if it was, I hate, I, I just hate it. Anytime I saw someone being a bully to someone, yeah, I would not stand for that, you know? And so this yeah. felt like a bully. It felt like a bully. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, God damn it. Like when I was in, in Colombia, there were, um, and I mean, I just got really lucky that it didn't happen to me as much, but there were people that I saw getting bullied really bad. Yeah. There was this one kid who, uh, he was one of the taller kids in our class, but the kids two grades older than him would beat him up all the time. And I saw it and I was always so pissed. And um, anyways, long story short, this triggered me. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not standing for this. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. I mean, so if we could rewind the clock a little bit and just be like, okay, they did that thing and you turn around, you're like, huh, who is that? And and they're like, so try to recreate. Yeah. Because I think that's a key moment. Yeah, yeah, in that moment, I my head switched from a fun, like, oh, who is this? To, to, to who, who is this? What? And Why what would it, someone and do what did that? He, and what, did he, what was his demeanor? What did he say? What did, how did he say? What did he say? Um, I wish I remember exactly, but it was something like, because I said, what the hell was that? And then he said... Well, something like, well, maybe you shouldn't be, you know, shining the thing or some, something to the effect of like, maybe you shouldn't be doing what you were doing, you know, something like, and even oh, at the very end when we were in the back and forth, he said, well, at least I got your attention, you know, or something like that. So it's like, that was his way to quote unquote, get my attention and make me stop doing it. 
Yeah. Well, you know, whenever I encounter situations like this, I, I always try to break it down into like logic um, on both sides, and or the the sort of uh, the the road that led each person to that behavior. You know, yeah. and the one thing I know is that people, particularly who have been bullied or experienced bullying when they were young, uh, are sensitive in public to things that might seem like they're bullying. So he's, he, I, I'm just, you know, it's total speculation, Yeah, but he's there and he's with his, he's with his girlfriend right? and they're, you know, they spent probably the same amount of money you did on the tickets. Yeah. It's a big night for them and she's short and they, they're like, shit, we're on the, we're on the floor. Yeah. You know, maybe we should have got some, some tickets in the stands, maybe right. closer to the stage or, you know, close ish to the stage. But, this whole show, this five foot girl isn't going to see anything. Yeah. She, she, you know, she's just going to see the top of the, of the, of the big screen that they have, you know? Right, right, right. And so that's the first kind of thought. And he feels bad. He feels guilty. And then he's sitting there and, and then, and then the, the little bit she can see is occasionally being obstructed by you because you're filming. And, she might even like roll her eyes. You know, she's like, oh, you know, she's not, maybe, right. maybe she's not upset at you, but she's just like, you know, he, who knows what kind of demeanor she's been having. And it's, then he's watching that and he's just like, oh man. Right. And so, so, and so far I'm so with them, right? Like so I, every second that goes by is just this mounting stress level, yeah. right? And if, if he's looking at the back of the head of a dude, and he's like, okay, please don't film anymore. Just like in his head, he's like, I hope, you know. And then he's, and then, he, then you do this one time where you're just, it's just like, oh, 20 seconds. This like, was the longest one. How long is this going to last yeah. for, you know? And, and then he, in his head, has this crossroad. Uh, there's three paths. Right. One is to do nothing, mm-hmm. which he's been doing for a while. Another is to do what he did. Yeah. And another is to, is to try to do something that society has not taught anyone to do. Which is just ask nicely. <laughs> in in public to someone you don't know. And I can tell you from personal experience that I know what this is like because like there have been times when I've been on an airplane and someone will be sitting behind me and doing various shenanigans with my seat that's annoying me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like whenever they stand up, they grab the back of the seat and they just they get up and they use oh, yeah. my seat as like a like a you know a, a rag doll to get out of their you know and it's like um and and meanwhile I'm woken up and I'm flailing about you know I'm exaggerating but anyway the point is is that there there have been times that I've been you know in that situation and I'm look look I'm a mature 46 year old man who knows how to communicate I should be able to turn around and ask this fellow to, to not do that, you know, how do I, how do I do that? You know, in, in our society in which if I, if I could open it up so nicely, I could turn around and be like, Hey, you know, uh, my name's Kirk. And I just wanted to say to you that I'm sure you don't mean to do this, but when you grab the seat, it really is disruptive to me that there's, there's a 50% chance that that's going to go well. Right. There's another 50% chance he's going to be like, turn around, douchebag. Because our society is not set up to, to handle stuff sure. like that. Okay. So he's sitting behind now, and he, you know, obviously doesn't have the communication skills that I have. 
and he so he's at this crossroad i can do nothing i can i can i can figure out some way to very quickly communicate to this guy to knock it off or i can what tap him on the shoulder and be like, hey, my name's so-and-so, and I have glasses. And just ask nicely. Damn it. And I'm just like, hey, you know. But I'm now, totally reasonable uh, requirement for someone to do. But I'm here to tell you, as, as someone who's, I know, been in his shoes, sure. that there's this, there's just this unpracticed thing in our society uh, about that sort of thing. You know, and a worry that the person is going to tell you to fuck off, you know, because they're not going to take it well. They're not going to take direction from a stranger very well. You know what I mean? And so it's like in his head, he's like, okay, well, how can I quickly do something? You know, and so he's like, well, how about I take my phone and like shine the light in his eyes? Um, now, you know, stupid. Yeah, and it's because, you know, you could use different... I'm at the restaurant, someone's eating, and they're slurping loudly from their drink. I don't want to say anything, but it's bothering me. Finally, I get up, I take the drink away without saying a word, and I put it on the other side of the table. That feels like an analogy to you. I, I don't touch him. I just grab the drink, put it on the side of the table, and I yeah. don't say anything. I go sit, sit back down. To me, an analogy in that situation would be the you slurp even louder okay sure but but like right up to uh, fine i get right up to his ear and i slurp loudly right because remember he put it right in my eyes right right, right totally yeah. yeah so i get right up to, that's fair but, i but, grab my drink go up to his ear and i go you know slurp really loud <laughs> right right my point is is that uh and then from your end you're just having a good time and then all of a sudden uh you know there's this there's a thing in your face, yeah, like uh, a bright light in your face, and and the, my brain. The only thing my brain can reconcile it to is only a friend of mine, right? right. Would so you do tr- such a thing. so you turn around and you're like, so this random dude just stuck his his hand and this light like within an inch of my face, yeah. Um, what the hell, right? right okay. Right. And instead of being like, so so you're at a you're at a crossroads, right? So you can either say you can either do nothing and turn around and just be like, you can be like, oh okay, and then just forget it, move on, or you can do what you did, which is more of like a have it a gassed kind of reaction and and come right. at him with a little bit of aggression as well. well. Which by the way, when I turn around and I said. What the hell? And he said, before he told me why he did it, like if I had just turned back around, like if I had turned and I'm like, I don't recognize him. I actually, maybe later, but in that moment, I would have had no clue why he did it. Right. So the thing he was trying to get me to stop, I would have not tied those dots together. Right. I would have been like, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so, or you could have, and I'm not saying I would have done this. Sure. But a way out of it that would have been that if I was in your shoes and I was looking back, I would have wished that I would have been like, oh, so you don't like it when I'm filming. Am I getting that straight? And oh, and you're short and you probably can't see. I get it. You know, you could have just tapped me on the shoulder. But okay, you know, that's cool. 
Uh, I'll try not to do it that much. Sorry about that. Now, in my head, I'd be like, that dude's a douchebag. But at least, because for me, this is how I think about like happiness in life. And I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you. Yeah, that I know. I, I know. Mean, I get it. Is I don't want to have to sit through the next two hours of a concert worrying about some douchebag behind me drilling holes in the back of my head with, <laughs> with his eyeballs. You know what I mean? Which is, yeah, I, I hear you. I, so, so then you turn around and then you're just, you're, that tension and this, you, you know, your trauma reaction just builds and builds. And you're just like, <laughs> I am, you were blowing steam like Popeye or something. So when you turn around, you did something that, I mean, when was the last time you tried to get into a fight with someone? Well, the last time I confronted someone, but it was nowhere near the same, was, do you remember I told the story about the storage unit? Storage and how there unit. was a dude there and he was telling me oh, yeah. to be quiet. Yeah. But the, the, the key difference there is, I also think the guy was being a jerk, but clearly there was bad stuff happening in his life at that right, moment. Right, but that, that was lesser. He, didn't aggr- he wasn't aggressively in my face. In fact, he drew a line and said, do not invade my space. Right. And then I did a tactical mistake in that as I was walking away, I uh, made fun of him in some way, and that pissed him off further. But that's that's as far as that got. But before that, when was the last? Because you talked about that story on the podcast yeah. a couple of years ago. But yeah. when was the last time before that? Uh, well, actually, recently. Okay, before that, but recently I had another incident. That, did I mention the one about the plane? No. With the dude that was yelling at a lady. No. Okay, so I was. Uh, com- well, maybe you did. Yeah, I was coming back from Colombia, and I was in this plane, and as I was walking up to my seat. And this is after they've delayed flights. So everyone is stress level super high. This short, very, very short gal is kind of struggling to get her her suitcase up. And I see this guy yelling at her, like really aggressively. And then she's saying- A Colombian? No, no. He he looks like Jason Statham, but like a little brother version of him. And and he's got an accent, actually. He's bald. He's got an accent. And he's he's yelling at her. English accent? Yeah, or Australian or something. I can't quite tell those accents. But he's yelling at her, and, and I'm like, what's going on? And then she's like, well, I'm just trying to get my suitcase above my, my seat. And then he's like, he's like, uh, he's like, oh, like that's so fucking important. And then, so I, I walk up, and I say, hey, she is just trying to put her suitcase where she is sitting. And he's, and he's also already sitting down, and he says, What's it to you, sunshine? Which, by the way, I nearly burst out laughing because that's like such a cartoon villain thing to say. Uh, but but I, I was in disbelief. And, and in that moment, the last thing I wanted to do after all that wait is get kicked off the airplane, right, for starting something. So I just looked at him and I'm like, what is your problem? Like, what is wrong with you? And then he, he, he mumbled something and then like his wife like calmed him down or something. And that was the end of it. But I sat next to him the whole flight. You, you sat next to him? Yeah. Like meaning uh, across the aisle. Oh. And, and so that was the last time before this one. But, but that one, uh, he didn't do anything to me. He was being a bully to her. Yeah. And so I felt like I needed to say something. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so before the one that I mentioned, it had been... I don't even know. Yeah, a long time. A long time. It's interesting. Why are these happening more frequently? That's a good question. People are more stressed. People are more stressed. Okay. Well, I do wish that what I would have said, 
I do not regret saying, what the hell was that? Because I didn't know what the hell was that. Yeah. When he said, whatever, I wish, I still like that I said, you could have asked me nicely, but I wish I would have said something like, uh, if you do that again, I'm going to notify the bouncer because that is too aggressive or something like that. Now, with the wisdom that you're imparting, I also wish I would have said something like, but I understand that light is bothering you. I'll make sure it's lower. Just next time, you something like that. And then the hard thing is, if he doesn't react nicely to my niceness, oh, man. Yeah, I get it. Oh. I get it. It's it's oh. a it's this weird man thing, and I think women have it too to some extent, but men more of justice in public or something. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, for sure. There have been times. I mean, there was a time twenty years ago maybe longer, where this guy and I had a thing like that once. And it was uh, worse than that. It was bigger than that. And I, every few months, this event will pop back into my head. (laughs) Because it was so salient. (laughs) And and it's like, because I have this man part of me that's like, he never got his just dessert. Sure, sure. You know, he, I never got him back sure. for what he did. And there, but it's like logic says, what's the difference? You know, what is the difference? Because yeah. uh, if, if the, like, what's the, tell me what's the goal, you yeah. know, and you, what's your goal? You know, what, if I was to stop right. time and go like, Birdo, what are your hoped for objectives as you, yeah. by the time when you get home and you go, yes, I did it. What, what are you hoping for? I certainly, I'm not hoping to have a broken nose or a broken arm or, or, a, or in jail for or assault. in jail for assault or being lawsuited into oblivion. Yeah, no, that's all true. And, and actually the actual offense, even though it was aggressive in the grand scheme of things was nothing. I will say the one in the plane uh, now, you, all those questions are still completely valid. For some reason, I feel like stuff like that starts starts eking into a different area, which is if you truly see social injustice, th- there is a line beyond which you sort of have to get involved. Well, I don't know right. what that line is. Right. So in an instance where you're trying to, if the objective is, I want to put an end to this. So I think there are two objectives that often I think are present. One is, is, I have to put an end to the mistreatment of yeah. someone, even if that's me. Two, I want to I want to stop this person from mistreating other people. Yeah, because so so the first one I think makes total sense. It's like um, if there's an injustice happening, let's put an end to that because yeah. that's you know. So in the first instance, all you had that there wasn't any there wasn't going to be any more. He had already pulled his hand back and that yeah. sort of thing. So that was over. In the instance with Statham, it's like okay, you're trying to you know you're you're trying to deescalate. Oh, and, and actually now I remember what I actually said to him when he said, "What's the two year sunshine?" wasn't "What's your problem?" I actually said, "Dude, calm down." Yeah, which some people can get further triggered by that. But yeah. I was actually I was sort of trying to imply to him, remember. We're all in this together. Right. So another, <laughs> so that, that's the second goal of, for future reference, I am going to try to t- teach you how to behave in public. Yeah, right. Okay. So that objective is ridiculous because <laughs> there's no effing way, especially in the way that 
uh, people typically do it, which is in the future. Da, 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 which know. is what I told this other guy in the future. Right. Next time you should ask nicely. Right. Yeah. The chance that I mean, you're giving them an opportunity. Maybe they'll learn from that. But there's other ways that you can manipulate people. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And the things that I try to think about are strategies that don't involve direct confrontation, but do involve them given the opportunity, being given the opportunity to think about what they've done. Like you're walking up, you see this Statham woman thing and you're, and you're, and you walk up and you're just like, you're just like, Oh, is this guy yelling at you? Um, maybe I could try to help you and maybe he'll stop. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I address her. You dress her. You're just like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Is this guy yelling at you? Oh my god, wow, he's he's really loud, is he? Let me, let me help you. Let me help you do that. And then and then if he says something to you, you just you just ignore it. Right. Okay. So I'm not saying that's what I would do in that yeah, situation, yeah. but I'm saying that's those are the things I try to look for. Yeah, yeah. Because direct confrontation, I guarantee you, Statham and glasses today are, is telling a story about what a dick Dick, you are i was (laughs) because it's just it's emotional reaction you know like you can't you're not gonna be like you know what that guy he really you know he He had a point (laughs) he had a point he really made me think about it in the future i'm gonna you know well especially you know one thing that was really telling towards the end of the confrontation i looked at the girl and i said um if you guys had asked me nicely see i'm a nice guy and she's like oh are you that's she what she said, said. She said, oh, are you? Which makes sense that she would ask that because if a guy is in your face calling your boyfriend a fucking asshole repeatedly, yeah. that probably is not something that you think of as a nice person. Right. And your depiction of, his, of their behavior uh, after, you know, at the end of the show was basically one of like de-escalation. Well, of hurt. He was, he was, I wouldn't say he was, he was, okay, to be fair, he wasn't. He wasn't escalating. Uh, escal- escalating. He was trying he to was get not, you to back off. Uh, he wasn't the... By, your, by your description, okay, okay. it was... Because he, he could have been like, you know, let's go. Or he could have been like, um, you're a fucking asshole. From your description... Okay, so he wasn't doing that, but he from was... From your description, he yeah. was like, watch your mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, like, he was like, stop it. He was yeah, essentially yeah. like, let's end this, you know, yeah. just knock it off, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, now I'm not saying he did a great job, but I'm saying like being in their shoes, they don't know who you are. Yeah. They don't know you're a nice guy. They don't know you can be reasoned with. As far as they know, you're this super fucking hothead. You know I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, I could see that. But, but I, but I still, okay. I still have this, does this tactic work for him in general? Like right, so this is a valid question. <laughs> yeah. But neither one of you is a good evaluator of the other person's general behavior. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. You know, and in my experience, most people are nice. Like most people are very nice, and they're trying to do their best. And if they did something in error, it's because they they don't have the social skills to facilitate a situation that will go well for them. Yeah. And, and I can tell you, I can relate to that. You know, the amount of times when I've wanted to say something to someone in public yeah. and just not because I was afraid of screwing it up. You know, there's a lot of situ- there's way more situations where I didn't say anything than when I actually said something. Yeah. 
And when I typically do say things, it's because I've gotten so upset and it comes out wrong, you know? I see. Where I just start yelling at somebody, you know? And so, like, so what I'm saying is, is that you are making a judgment of him that he in general is a dick and he needs to be like, he needs to learn his sure. lesson, you know? And he now thinks that dude's a fucking hothead and a dick and he needs to learn to like calm down. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so like neither one of you are probably right about that. I was, you're probably right about that. I was at a concert, um, not too long ago. Um, I forget what it was, but there was a couple in front of me. There was an older guy and a young gal. Um, and they were, they had just sat down. The show had started and they were, oh, it was a comedy act. It was uh, when I went to see Chris Rock. Okay. And they were being like loud and talking and making their own comments about the ceiling and other things. During the show? During the show. Ugh. And Chris Rock hadn't started. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm now losing a lot of what the dude is saying, this comedian. And I'm enjoying it. I'm like, so I, I had to say something. Yeah. And the, the, the thing I said was like, I, I leaned in, I said, guys, come on, or something like that. Like, g g g come on, guys, or something like that. And it stopped. Yeah. Um, so I didn't pull a hothead there. Yeah. Um, and luckily for, for me, uh, but the thing that sucks is I missed, like, not only the amount of time that they were talking of the, sh of the thing, but I, it, like, I kept thinking about it for the next, like, five minutes. So I, I missed, like, 10 minutes of the guy's performance. Right. It just sucks. <laughs> right. Yeah, I get it. I've been there many times. I, I have discovered there are many kinds of audience members, you know? Yeah. And when you're next to or in front of uh, someone who is like that, you know, I think I told you about when I saw the Lego movie, I was sitting in front of a woman. Like, it was a packed house Lego movie. And, and that's a funny movie. Lots of laughs. Lots of people laughing. Yeah. And this woman behind me, directly behind me, repeated every joke, like out loud. Oh no! Verbally. Oh no! And and because she, you know she'd be, ha, 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 oh that's what she said. <laughs> ha, 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 oh you know I was just trying to see your skirt. You know like she she would repeat it and and like after the fifth time I'm like, is she gonna do this the whole movie? And it it. It like kind of dropped dropped my experience of yeah. the movie because every time something funny happened on the screen, I thought, "Here it comes! She's gonna say <laughs> the line." You know. So, so was this guy's flashing the light in my eyes? His, come on, guys! Right. That it was his, and probably a result. And his attitude when you turn around was an adit was a result of his mounting frustration and embarrassment and shame or something I see. around his girlfriend not being able to see, you know? Okay. Having said all that, Berto, if I was next to you right with that, I would have been exactly the same as you. It not <laughs> I wouldn't have reacted necessarily the sure, way you did, sure. but if I was with you and yeah. and you said and I saw it happen and you turned around in the moment if it it was happening, I wouldn't be trying to calm you down. Sure, sure. sure. I'd be like if this comes to blows, yeah, well, uh, like that glasses guy is, is going to get a punch in the nose. Yeah. Like the dude next to me, which, which I found hilarious. He was like, and, and by the way, he talked to me for the next several songs. Actually, no, the, the, for the, almost the rest of the show, we kept 
talking. I don't know this guy at all. And he kept saying like, oh, do you remember this song? I'm like, yeah, man, one of my favorites. And then like we became buddy-buddy just over that because <laughs> he was like, and he kept saying, he was like trying to like little brother me, you know, he was like, uh, you know, he was encouraging me, you should film, film more. Feel, look, look, she's doing it. And I was like, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's take a break, I guess, and get back and maybe do some tougher bluffs. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. We're back from the break. This episode is brought to you by Talkspace. Talkspace is an online counseling outfit that provides online counseling. And it's it's pretty cheap, relatively cheap. And when you use the promo code Kirk K A R K, you actually get a discount. And also, when you use the promo code Kirk, then it signals to them that you are one of my listeners, and they're more likely to continue their sponsorship. We only need two or three people to sign up every month in order for them to right. continue sponsoring these episodes, which is a big deal. So if you, if you're thinking about it. You're thinking about getting a therapist and you're having a hard time finding it or you're kind of on the fence, you know, sign up for Talkspace, use the promo code Kirk, and you can find out right away. You know, maybe after a couple of weeks, you're like, eh, this isn't for me or eh, I don't really like this therapist. Then, you know, it's a it's a very low barrier to entry and a low barrier to exit is the point. And look, stats show that six out of 10 family members are crazy. So you must know several people in your family that you can directly refer to Talkspace. Yeah, that's not a statistic. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can also refer other people. You can even post on Twitter or something, you know, uh, Talkspace promo code Kirk. You know, we, we, it doesn't need to be you. It could be anybody. anybody. You know, anyone who uses promo code Kirk, it, it helps us. Okay, tougher bluff. Oh, wait, wait. Can yeah. I do a gripes of wrath first? Yeah, please. Okay. So I'm at a restaurant today. Eating before coming here. This whole episode has gone completely off the rails. <laughs> I went, okay, here's another thing, listeners. If you like this sort of thing or don't like this sort of thing, let me know. Email contact at psychologyinseattle.com or comment on YouTube or whatever because we almost never do rambly episodes like this. Oh, really? <laughs> well, well, we've done episodes where it's like yeah. designed. Like okay. we did a whole Beatles episode sure, where sure. it's just like, well, that's designed. But we, you and I usually don't just, you know, do this kind of stuff. And and I wonder if it's entertaining. So you want you. people to tell us if they liked it. Or hate it, yeah. Okay, if you hated it, I'm going to turn around, point my finger, and say, what the hell was that? <laughs> All right. Yeah, isn't that my move? <laughs> That's your move, the pointy finger. Yeah. Yeah, I, I learned it. That's probably it. the last... I learned it from watching you! <laughs> so, Berto and I, years ago, that was probably the last, like aggressive fight I, the confrontation I've, I've ever I've been in in the last 10 years was between me and Berto we got in yes. a arguing match and I I put pointed my pointed his finger I put my finger in his face yes <laughs> it was quite epic alright so gripes of wrath I'm sitting there at dinner tonight before coming here and I order a curry that has pineapple in it yeah. and you know get it super spicy I'm so excited to eat this curry what color curry it's yellow it's a masamam curry and okay. it's got like uh, anyways the tofu and the pineapple and the potatoes and the carrots I'm so excited and Indian spicy. food no it's a, a Thai place okay I get the rice, I pour a little bit of the rice in and I start eating I'm like oh yummy yummy grab one of the pineapple pieces put it in my mouth start chewing the pineapple tastes fermented. You know that fermented oh. taste? Like you're like, whoa, what's... So I take it out of my mouth. I spit it out onto the spoon, put it to the side. And I'm like, what? And then, I don't know why, but to double check, I try another piece. And sure enough, so I tell the lady, the waitress, I'm like, oh, excuse me. The pineapple tastes fermented. 
but she like doesn't understand me. Oh, she's no. like, she's like, what well, do you, do you want more pineapple? I'm like, no, no, no. The the pineapple does not taste right. It tastes like fermented, like wrong. She's like, oh, okay, okay. Well, we'll make you a new one. And I said, okay, but don't the, put the pineapple. The pineapple. I think it's the pineapple problem. Okay. And she's like, oh, maybe it's because they use frozen pineapple. And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Right, so she goes, they make me a new one. By this time, I'm like, I'm going to be late to Kirk's, darn it. All right, so then they bring me the new bowl. And this time, it's got more spicy on it. Like, they added more peppers, which I'm so excited about. And I'm thinking, okay, great, they fixed it. So I start eating, start eating, and then I get to the pineapple. And I'm like, okay, come on, come on. I bite into it. Same damn thing. They didn't fix shit. Mm. And, And so... And now I'm at one of those crossroads we were just talking about. And I I was like, what do I do? Like, do I, I need to go soon. And so I decided it was not worth my time to go any further with this. So I basically spit it out, ate around the pineapples, ate just the, the other parts, which tasted fine. And then I meekly paid and left. But I'm like, first, I hope I don't get sick. Probably not. But second, I should ask for my money back. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't ask for my money back. Yeah. I should have gotten in their face and pointed fingers. Yeah. Uh, you could write a bad Yelp review. Yeah. Do you have a Yelp account? No. Well, yeah, I do, but I haven't used it in a while. Yeah. It's just one of those things like, like if, if I just told you what the problem is, why do you bring me back the problem? Well, okay. So again, going back to our analysis here, people are good. They, especially like a business owner, uh, they, they want your business. So are they purposely yes okay so (laughs) you know what's what are the logical possibilities here (sighs) i think she didn't understand the problem exactly she didn't get it she doesn't speak english as well as you do and yeah she she just she just didn't get it and she probably got shy in the moment and was just like well okay fine you know in in her right she's like okay i get it and then and then she's like well maybe if i just make him another one that's that's the problem yeah and and she had no clue that you were saying yeah. it's the pineapple. Yeah. Know? Okay. Maybe. Either way, I, I, I nearly got in a fight with all the cooks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it. If it's one thing I've learned from life, I guess, is that almost every time I have thought another person was was acting wrongly in society or or did something egregious uh-huh. they were operating from what they had available to them and i don't know what traumas they've been through i don't know what triggers they have i don't know the deficits they have i mean this woman could have had an iq of 70 literally you just don't even know you know what i mean now that doesn't Make, doesn't make it right. It doesn't yeah. mean that you should have to suffer through a shitty thing of, of curry. But if you had a, a God's eye view on all the factors and were inside her head and everything, I, I'm, I suspect you'd be like, oh, I get it. <laughs> you know, she didn't get it. Or it's her first day. Or she doesn't even know what pineapple is. Or she's terrified of the cook and she doesn't want to say anything to the cook because the cook is an abusive asshole. Or, you know, there's some kind of reason that will get in the way there. You know what I mean? And because the one thing I've learned is that 99.9% of people in a given behavior, especially, 
they're they're trying to stay out of trouble. Yeah. You know, they're trying to do right, and they they don't want to incur someone's wrath or their gripes of wrath. Okay, that that makes sense. I, I buy it. Uh, I recently got in a, on a debate on Facebook because someone made a post about you know how recently there was that thing where uh, a black person gave a hug to a Nazi. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? And uh, it's like, why do you hate me or something? Yeah, I love you. Why do you hate me? This person used that post to sort of make a political point, saying like, "Hey, you see, we should all be following this example. You know, we should try to." Give hugs to the opposition and things like that. And I'm paraphrasing tremendously. Um, I made a joke on the post. You did not. You know, I always do. That doesn't sound like yeah. you. And, and my joke was, I said... Let me say, it was obscure, sarcastic, and misunderstood. Sarcastic, yes. Not obscure and not misunderstood. Oh. The joke was... My favorite scene in Saving Private Ryan was when all those soldiers were running up the beach to give hugs to their Nazi brothers in arms. So, uh, that wasn't misunderstood? Well, no, because he immediately deleted my post and messaged me and said, and said uh, you know, you're part of the problem because you're, you're, you know, you're being, this is totally apples to oranges. That was an actual war. This is just a protester, blah, 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 blah. So he got what I was saying. Well, okay, I guess you're right. He misunderstood that it was he a totally joke. misunderstood, which I know would happen. But you're you're not saying what he thought you were saying. Well, I mean, but he I over he thought you were over saying something. Yeah, but at the same time, I guess he did sense what I was trying to imply with my joke, which was I I I was pushing back a little bit on the the right. tactic should be to give hugs to all Nazis, right? Right. Not all Nazi hugs. Not all Nazi hugs. So your your point was I'm you know, I'm going to push a little bit back on this. In a passive aggressive joke way. Well, you, no, let's say you you actually sure. put it into which I recommend you do occasionally yeah. by the way. You could salvage some of your relationships <laughs> by if you just put it straightforward. Just be like which I'm sure everyone would take as sarcasm but by now. But anyway, you could say something like, so, you know, I get it, but I'm going to push back a little bit because I do think in some instances, like with neo-Nazism, we should probably, there are times where more forceful uh, activity is required to put an end to something that needs to be put an end to. Right? I, I should give background that with this person in particular, I used to try that approach, but unfortunately they are a black hole of argument. Right. So, I've, so it is. So it's even led. less of a of a smart thing to comment yeah. on is that. Yeah, that's fair. So what I ended up doing is ignore it because he wrote me these these long passages in direct messenger, and I I, I ignored ninety percent of it, and I basically did one single line I, reply. I, we have to pause the podcast because I have to find out who this is. Oh my god! It was him. <laughs> that's crazy. But but okay. But but the the reason I was bringing that up is because you know. You're right. Like, um, I think this reasonable, rational approach, uh, and assuming good intentions, right? So, is, so, makes sense. so the so the assumption about him is that he liked something on the internet, and he's like, "Oh, that seems kind of nice," you know. And he and he's not thinking like, "Yes, I recommend that we put down all efforts to." you know, uh, of, of strong arguments against, and we just hug everybody, you know, that that's not what he's thinking, but he kind of likes something. Oh, and then he's like, well, I want to share this cause I'm a sharer on Facebook. <laughs> and what can I say? Well, 
I'm kind of a preacher too, so I'll say, you know what, we should all be doing that. And, and it I'm was a, in direct answer to the Antifa punch to the Nazi. Yeah, and so I'm going to I'm going to post this because I think uh, my general policy is peace and not punching people and I don't and I'm a little uncomfortable with people of color punching people, you know what I mean, that kind of yeah. stuff. Um and and so he you know, he posts that thing and he's trying in his way one to raise awareness about uh bad things in our society. Yep. He's trying in his way to say, let's all get along. He's trying in his way to, you know, be an activist for something good. He could have just ignored it, you know, or he could right. be a total right wing if he wanted to be, you know. Um, and, and, you know, he's not making a global argument or a, or like a specific criticism to any other particular point of view. Right. Or even if he did have a specific point of view that was stupid, it's because there's a lot of politicized partisanship that's happening right now. Yeah, yeah, right. And people fall victim to a lot of propaganda, essentially. And- the, the reason I get triggered by these is because, to me, I, I, I tend to group this with the whole... Well, if you really want to talk about violence against blacks, why aren't you talking about Chicago? I group it with that. And in point, in fact, the first person that commented on his post is another contact. And their message was uh, something like, absolutely. The left is always using violence. They should learn from this. Yeah. And so I immediately was like, see, this is the problem. You have strange bedfellows here. And in his long-winded replies to me, Inevitably, it was like, you know, you live in an echo chamber and you and your echo chamber are constantly trying to just, you know, work against our president and all these things. And blah, right. Blah. So, so, yeah. the, so the strategy that I recommend that I don't always follow is trying to break the, the thing down to its bare minimum, you know. Like I just, I just got a long, long email from a guy who was arguing with me about something that I said in the podcast. And I was, I wanted, I had an impulse to like argue all of his points, you know, to be like, that's wrong. That's wrong. wrong." But instead I just broke it down to this very simple statement back to him. And I, and I, and I stood and I, I, I stuck to me. I was just like, well, for me, this is how I see it, and I and I said I think in two sentences what I was thinking. That that's what I do nowadays because, as you know, I had to learn the hard way with someone yeah. that replying point by point to long bibles of emails with attacks yeah. leads you nowhere, <laughs> right? You know, and so, but the the larger point here is that if we could drill down into his head and see like how he got to where he was at at that moment when he posted that thing and how he how we even responded to we would we would see a logical uh, road there there's there was a logical like influence there was a logical emotional reaction there's a logical value system that is not like an alien uh, uh, process you no, know no. it's like a a human being process that has logic to it and is probably largely based on good values, you know, things that we can all agree on the, the fundamental values of like, of, of peace and of nonviolence and of making society better and of 
sticking up for your friends and, you know, whatever those kinds. Now, can those values end up manifesting in really terrible ways? Absolutely. You know, like putting a phone in your face or yeah. screaming at a smaller woman about a, about a, you know, yeah. like that guy could literally have been traumatized in war by things being over him. You know, like I see that in clients. They'll, right, t- right, right. they'll tell me these stories and I'll just be like, wow, like how many people have I bumped into in public who have been traumatized in some way and flipped out yeah. and the other person is walking away going like, what an asshole. When right. I'm looking at it going like, the person had a flip out, you know, yeah. had it, they, they didn't know what to do and they, they, based on their past, they just had this reaction. I, I, I totally get that. Um, what, one of the problems I have with this form of communication from this individual and a few others like that that I, that I know, um, they, they try to come off as, in this case in particular, his, his overarching point with tons of the posts he makes is uh, sort of, can't we all just get along, right? And it sounds beautiful, right? Like, God, oh, that's a good point. Why shouldn't we? But here's the catch. The posts he makes are never condemning like, for example, in, in one of the replies after he had deleted my first one, I posted a link to an article about three Nazis that drove up to some black protesters and shot at them. And I said, maybe those black protesters should have ran up to the car and tried to give them hugs as they were being shot at. He proceeded to, of course, delete that post as well. But, but the thing is, you will not see him post the article of the Nazi shooting and saying, see, this is what's that we shouldn't do this. We should follow the – check my other article that I post about using hugs or peace. We shouldn't do – I never, never see him posting something of, you know, the negative things that happen from the side he's trying to defend, right? I only see him posting either bad examples from, quote-unquote, the left or, in this case, a good example like the, that's a good black person. That's a good lefty. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So – is it wrong-headed? Yes. Is it going to drag us into the past? Absolutely. Does he need to change his fucking mind? Yes. Right. But <laughs> is he coming from a place of good? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's not coming from a place yeah. of evil. Yeah. He's not coming from a place of like, That's fair. I wake up today and I will make other people's lives worse. You know? That's fair. So, so when you assume that, then... When you when you approach it, I find it it's more successful. And and to be fair, I I I very much knew that me making a joke on his thread would trigger him. Yeah. I however, the, what I did tell him in private, the one I made two comments back to him in the long private thing because to follow your advice, which you've given me before, I didn't go point by point. But the one thing I've I, given you this advice before, yeah, about. Uh, other people that yeah like political no 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 when when i was struggling with the personal oh remember <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah okay but but i basically said one thing to him that i really felt like i needed to tell him which was i i said to him i believe i see you as someone that really does have a good intention and and i said several things like i think you you're you're trying to advocate for peace and all these i said several things but i do think that you end up with, with some people on your side that I don't know that you want to be on your side because of this, that, and the So I did try to make that point, which was what you're pointing out, which is I don't believe he's coming at it from a negative. Like, I don't think he has bad intentions. Right. And that's the fundamental 
realization that all Americans need to have. And when you think the opposite, we have a partisan battle and a cultural battle that we have today. We never got to the tough and bluffs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So you listeners out there who frequently email me whenever we talk about politics, if you're just going to repeat yourself, I'd rather have you not email me, honestly. You know, if you feel like super compelled, like you have to get something off your chest and, you know, feel free. But so if you feel compelled to somehow put me in my place or point out the finer points and like reiterate what Berto has been saying, like just keep it to yourself because it actually, you know, it, if you want to comment on psychotherapy and you want to, and you want to talk about like, you know, like we got an email from patron Bridget today and she was talking about my conversion therapy episode and, and she was kind of disagreeing with me a little bit uh, in a nice, totally nice way. But because in the conversion therapy episode, I was, I, I was, outwardly debating in my mind about whether or not I, I think it should be made illegal, you know? Yeah. Because there aren't a lot of therapies that are illegal. Mm -hmm. And so I I was like, because in the episode, I'm like, conversion therapy needs to go away and marginalization and judgmentalness of homosexuality and sexual orientation needs to go away. Like that just needs to end because it just should, because it's stupid. But do I think in the interim that, clients who really for for perhaps bad reasons really want conversion therapy and there's a therapist who's willing to engage in that do i want to by the law of the land eliminate that from happening you know what kind of precedent i you know do i want the government dictating the legality of my of our practice now should we be advocating for it not to happen yeah should we be trying to change our society yeah should we be trying to help therapists understand the whole landscape? Yeah. But do I believe that we should? So I was sort of going back and forth about that. But you do believe that government should draw lines where freedoms are infringed between one party to Yeah, another. absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. so I would say in general, most of the times that the government has meddled has not been that bad. But, you know, I have, I have family members who were imprisoned by the government because they considered it important as law passed to imprison Japanese Americans because they thought that, one, they might spy for the enemy, and two, they wanted to, quote-unquote, protect Japanese Americans from you know, white people harming them. Yeah. Okay? So I'm not exactly pumped about the idea of the government in meddling themselves in my life, sure. you know, in my decisions, okay? And so, you know, it's like, you make bad decisions, government. Mm-hmm. So how about just as a policy, be very careful about involving yourself and stuff like that, you know? Advocate, educate, ethical codate, whatever, but pass by law. Uh, I don't know. But then you get these problems with regulations, you know, like where, because a lot of the, you know, a lot of the certain sides say, you know, the government should pass almost zero regulations and we should trust the free market system that, you know, there will be clean water and there will be, you know, good garbage dumps and all these no, things. No, that's why, you know, data shows that when you leave it up to business and capitalism to manage those factors that they don't. In my profession and with conversion therapy, we have actually without any laws effectively eliminated its practice like it's it's yeah. very rare that it's practiced you know what i mean and whereas in the past yeah. it was much more prevalent your industry might be 
an exception maybe or something where where maybe because you guys are therapists or something. But like I think a lot of industry ends up veering towards optimizing to the point of tragedy. You know, like if they can right. squeeze more money, they win. Right, because right. capitalism and stockholder, in, yeah. you know, emphasis is all that's the that's the job. And so I always say, if you if you can trust your government, or if you want to trust your government with regulating the quality of the water and the air you breathe, and sending people to wars, then I think a few more laws might be okay. But how many and what? I agree with you. It there's got to be limits and. If those well, they have start- to be. They have to be smart. Is the point? Yeah. But anyway, the point is, is I, I'm not excited about the government getting involved in my profession. Is the thing? Yeah. Um, because I feel like we can probably do this on our own. But anyway, so I was, so I, I did a very brief, much briefer than this discussion on the podcast <laughs> about that. And patient Bridget wrote in, and she was just like, "Well, the thing is, is that for in my opinion, we." Uh, we can't ethically provide a service to someone that is going to harm them. You know, for example, if if someone said, I want to kill myself, then, and I want you to help me, yeah. then as a therapist, I have to say, I can't do that for you. Yeah. Or if someone said, I, I want you to help me abuse my spouse, then I would have to say, I'm sorry, but... I can't do that. That's, you know, I refuse to provide that service to you. And so she was kind of making a different point than, than what I was saying, because I'm not saying that if any therapist wants to refuse to provide conversion therapy, then yeah, like go for it, you know? But what I'm saying is like, I'm just not sure if I want to make something illegal and like, um, force people to stop rather than convince them. Anyway, it is interesting that, we tend to only have laws about physical harm, but not mental harm. Absolutely, right? yeah. Like the therapist, you know, abusing the person psychologically to a point that they have a breakdown, but maybe they can't be proven that. They, but if they cut their arm, certainly it's like, well, you cut his arm. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So what I told Bridget was that I agree with her, but I still am just a little worried about the government passing laws about my profession in this instance i'm all for it but what about the next one where i'm not all in fact there have been time there was a time in washington state actually recently maybe this is where it comes from interesting this year or last year washington state passed this law that basically made all of us therapists or as a court precedent or something i did a whole episode on this actually (laughs) i need to look at my notes there was a governmental action that basically made all of us therapists liable for any future violent act that any of our clients would <laughs> oh my God. W- would commit, even oh if God. there was extremely low indication that they would commit a violent act at a, at a later date. Right. And so that's when I was like, whoa, you know, because, and, and all of us therapists got together and petitioned and da-da-da. So it's like the government just just sort of backed its way into this stupidity without asking us, like, well, what do you guys think about this law? Does this make sense to you? I love that. Like, if you guys are, if, if one of your clients does something bad in the future, you guys are liable uh, because there's this tennis connection. But if this other industry willfully defrauds right, a right. global economy out of trillions of dollars, no worries. Right. Because <laughs> lobbyists, right? Yeah. 
But like, so, so in that instance, it was like government getting very much into our business and they were completely stupid about it yeah. to the point where a hundred percent of therapists in Washington <laughs> state rose up and said yeah. like, no, like, yeah, sure. We don't want bad things to happen to people, but you're basically going to make all of us open to lawsuits for any, any time one of our clients in the future does something wrong, or you're going to make us call the police on clients at a, at the drop of a hat. Like, Oh, that I have a client who has been in a fight in the past and has a little bit of an anger problem. Yeah. So I have to call the cops and say like, uh, so I have this client that, yeah, yeah. Oh, the other thing is, is you're going to hear, you're going to hear from therapists a hundred times a day. Yeah. Like, totally. do, do you want a whole, you know, phone bank dedicated to talking? It'll become noise and then it actually be counterproductive. Right. When so, you do it, hear right. an actual warning. Right. So it's like, um, and no one will go to therapy anymore because they're, they don't want to be called the cops. You know, yeah. it's just like, what are you doing? Okay. Yeah. And then it requires this whole effort to kind of back them out of it. You know, we have to have these Senate bills and da, da, da. And so anyway, um, my bigger point here is that when Bridget wrote in and wanted to debate me about a psychotherapy issue, I'm all for that. If you want to, like, I consider that to be like why I Fair do this. Fair game. Yeah. But to like blast me for my stupid political views or my views on like how to see political views or something, I just have to say like, uh, it's so irrelevant to me. I'm just like, I don't care. I don't care about... I don't care about convincing you. I don't even know if I'm right. Right. I, I, I'm not a scholar. I'm just a dumbass who watches CNN and looks at Reddit <laughs> now and then, and like Fake has news. A, and has like a stupid thing in their head, and you know, talking. <laughs> well, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining us out there. Please take care of yourself because you deserve it. <laughs>